Welcome to This Week in Photo. Bandwidth for this podcast is brought to you by Cashfly at C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com. This episode is brought to you by Squarespace.com, the fast and easy way to create a high-quality website or blog. For a free trial and 20% off your new account for six months, go to Squarespace.com and use the offer code TWIP11. Welcome back to another episode of This Week in Photo. In this very special episode, we'll dive into a genre of photography that we haven't given much attention to over the years, and that's glamour photography. I recently attended GlamourCon down in Long Beach, California, and caught up with some amazingly talented folks. So, over the next hour, you'll hear four short interviews. You'll hear from a leader in the glamour photography niche, Mark Don. I caught up with Mark at a workshop he was giving in Hollywood, California, and discuss some of the pitfalls that photographers new to this type of photography might face. You'll also hear from Brent Brzezicki, an amateur photographer whose amazing work and eye for getting the shot rivals some folks that have been shooting for decades. I'll also speak with Ariston Collender, who's continually striving to perfect the art of shooting women with one light and using a simple black background with some stunning results to show for it. And finally, to round it off, we'll get the model's perspective. Tor Alexander is an amazingly talented model who's worked with dozens of photographers. I'll speak with her about some of the things photographers new to this genre should be cognizant of and how they can be successful when working with both professional and amateur models. All that and more coming your way next on episode 227 of This Week in Photo. I am Frederick Van Johnson. Welcome to This Week in Photography. I am here with Mr. Mark Don. He is running a really cool workshop here in Hollywood, California, as you can see in the background here. A um, couple questions for this guy. He's been shooting for a long time. How long have you been shooting for? 35 plus years. 35 years he's been shooting. So we're going to find out how do you go from zero to hero in 35 years? How do you assemble these kind of workshops? And we're going to talk a little bit about models and what it takes to get models of this caliber to come to workshops and all that good stuff. So, Mark, how did you get started in photography and why photography? Well, really, I got started in photography because I really wanted to meet beautiful women. And that's the truth. That may not be the best answer I could give, but it's the truth. Um, but then I became a commercial photographer, and it really became a passion and a great way to make money and, and stay creative in a way that I'm not a very good artist. I can't do that. So I can express that creativity through photography. Okay. So these workshops that you're running here, they, you know, I've been here for a couple of days, right? And I'm learning all these different tips and tricks about lighting modifiers, how you pose the model, what the different properties of light are. What would you say is the most important takeaway from a workshop like this for the attendees? Well, I mean, clearly lighting is important, but I really don't feel like lighting is the most important thing. A lot of people come to learn lighting, but in the end, I really think it's model relations. That's really the most important, how to, how to connect to a model, how to create a rapport with a model. That's the secret. Okay, so once you've, so back up from there, so a lot of the people that are watching this are like, okay, yeah, I can connect, I can build a rapport and all that, but how do I get a model? How do you, how do you get a model like, to show up and what do you pay them when they show up? Do you get a makeup artist? How does all this stuff work? Well, I mean, there's, that's a lot of things. That's what the workshop's really all about. But, I mean, 
as far as finding a model, you got to start somewhere. You just got to get somebody. Maybe it's your, you know, next door neighbor. Or maybe it's your sister's friend. Or put an ad in the paper. Or start approaching people on the street. But once you start to shoot and you get a couple of images, you can show more images. It becomes easier and easier and easier. And then you can use the, you know, the sites on the internet, the model mayhem's and the one model places, and those those things to start finding some models. And it just grows from there. So if if there's a photographer that's like, you know, I want to shoot either nudes or implied nudes or even non-nudes, just sexy women, that kind of thing. Part of the issue is how do I convince that friend or that person to do that kind of thing? Is there, is there a special, is there a sequence of words that they can use to get, <laughs> to get them to get naked? Or what do you do? Well, no, I really don't think there's a secret. I think the secret is being honest and forthright about what it is that you want to do. You know, if you tell them what you want to do and you tell them that you're not going to publish the images, or just be specific, it's whatever you really are going to do with them and how much nudity you want, you'll find them. I mean, you may have to pay them, you know, and, you know, you just got to do that. Sometimes that's where you can begin. But once you've got some great images, you'll find it's not nearly as hard as it sounds. So what about the guys? How do you, how do you combat the, like say you're a, the model is on Model Mayhem and 90% of the guys that contact her have ulterior motives. You know, how do you prove that, oh, hey, I'm not that guy that's just trying to, you know, have, have relations with you or something? Well, the trick really is count on other models. Once you've shot one or two girls, and sometimes that's people you know, then you have a reference and you can use that reference to, to you know, get other models to trust you because you just say, look, here, I shot this girl, call her. And they'll call, they'll check, and then they'll know. I mean, if you're up and up and you're on the, on the good, it'll all come together. Okay, so you're a... You, you're a photographer that wants to shoot glamour like these guys behind us here. What, if they want to come to your workshop, how do they sign up for it? What's the availability? All that good stuff. Well, I don't do a lot of workshops, so they're kind of exclusive to get into. But it's really, I mean, the best way to know about it and hear about them when they come up is go to my website. It's www.markdawn.com, M-A-R-K-D-A-U-G-H-N. Uh, there's a workshop section there. You just go in and get on the mailing list, and you'll hear about every workshop I do. Perfect. All right. Thanks a lot, Mark. Cool. Thanks for being here. All right, I'm Frederick Van Johnson, This Week in Photo, Glamour Photography Extraordinaire, Mark Don. Look for more interviews on the site coming up later. Hi, I'm Frederick Van Johnson. I'm here with Brent Brzezicki. He's a photographer, also here at the GlamourCon workshop convention thingamajigger, but you're a photographer and you're also helping out with a workshop that's going on here, right? Correct. Absolutely. So I've been assisting on uh, a couple workshops that are here, and then on top of that, we're going to be doing a workshop that you're going to be in on Monday and Tuesday. Uh, other than that, you know, we can go into what I do and, you know, what I've shot in the past if you want. That's what I want to talk about. So the workshop, just for the record, I'm in the workshop, but I'm not the model for the workshop. I'm just a photographer. <laughs> It's glamour, you know. Uh, you know, I don't know. I don't take my clothes off that easy. Okay, so um, let's just start from the beginning. Like, the, the, what got you into photography? Why do you do it? Why do you continue to take the abuse of having to shoot beautiful women all the time? I know it's, it's terrible. So, so the the way it started is actually really funny. So I started. Uh, I had a group of people on a forum that wanted. It's a motorcycle group, and they wanted a calendar. And I said, eh, no problem. I can shoot a calendar. Anybody can shoot photography. So I quickly found out that that is not true and that it costs a lot of money to shoot a calendar well, and it takes a lot of equipment. 
So what we ended up doing is uh, scrapping that idea and then Brent became a photographer because he had 20 grand worth of equipment. So basically after buying all the lights, after buying all the lenses, after buying all the stuff, I realized maybe this actually takes more than what I had. And then I started to learn at that point. So I highly recommend not doing it that way. <laughs> Save yourself some money, buy one light, buy a camera and learn your lens and then learn each light and your modifiers that are with it. And then you won't have as much problems because I can tell you that I've sold a lot more equipment than I've actually used now. And I think a lot of people go the other way. They go the way I went, which is they're, they're very, you know, they want the equipment, they want the cool tech, and they don't learn the basics. I, was never, I, was, I wasn't book taught as a photographer, so a lot of my experience was through mistakes. And I think, uh, as you'll find, amateur photographers and, and ones that are doing it part-time, which I think is there, there's a differentiation there. Uh, there's a differentiation between somebody who's trying to do it full-time for money and then there's the time of the person who has a full-time job but just wants to go out and have a hobby that's cool. Well, hey, if you're going to pick a hobby that's cool, you might as well, you know, pick beautiful women to be that hobby. So, so if you could um, describe your technique, you know, every photographer, like a photographer I interviewed earlier, you know, Ariston was telling us about his one-light technique and how he likes to shallow depth of field and all that. How would you define your particular style? Uh, sadly, to make the interview really boring, I use pretty much the same technique, which is uh, a really simple single or two light setup, uh, large modifiers. I use a 44-inch umbrella or a 60 or 80-inch umbrella. Um, and what that does is that casts a certain quality to the light. It actually, and, it, and you can see it in the photos, you can actually see light and shadow wrap around the model. And it'll actually wrap all the way around a, a surface or the model herself, which is, it makes a really moody, very interesting light. And that's really my style. My style is very moody. Um, and I mean, part of that is because I learned a lot of that technique from who we'll both be in this workshop with, which is Mark Dawn. He, he enjoys telling a story with his images. And you really have to do something to set yourself apart from everybody else, right? So there's very clinical images out there of female models very bright, very lit perfectly. You know, we're, I really am looking for the other side of that. I'm looking for something that's more interesting, more moody, maybe sexier without being showy. So there's no reason you need to show a lot of nudity. You can imply much more and it makes your mind work so much harder on the image. So when you open that image, I don't want somebody to flip through it. You know, you see people looking at portfolios these days and they just flip through it really quickly. Why do that? I want people to stop on the image and go, whoa, whoa or even as mark likes to say and i'm going to totally steal from him so he can he can yell at me later about that you you want to look at the image right you want to take it and sort of look around the corners and say what else is there what else is there to that image and i got to tell you you know that's probably the hardest part that i've had with my photography is the storytelling because i don't have that planning time i don't have that budget i don't have that ability to do a lot of those things you have to be really creative and try to figure out how to do all that on a limited budget and then still make something that, that really when you're looking, I mean, most of what we look at these days is thumbnails, right? So if I'm flipping through somebody's portfolio, it's a bunch of thumbnails, something grabs my interest, I click on it and look at a bigger version. That thumbnail needs to really pop. It needs to have something to it. It needs to be simple and it has to be almost iconic in nature, right? Exactly. And, you know, it, I can almost compare this to HDR because I might as well bring that up because everybody else, you know, either love... That was last year. Oh, sorry, sorry. Okay, sorry. So... HDR is something that when you look at it on the page, it pops. It shows you something. It makes you, you know, really want to look at that image and see what's what's up with it. 
glamour photography to me is the same way. If it's dark, if it's limited, if you look through model profiles that are out there, some of the images that they put up as their main image is really terrible. You know, it does I would say horrible in some cases. And, and very true. And you know, you try to convey it to the model and say, hey, you really want to put up something that looks really good. You want me, I'm, I'm like your employer, right, if I'm going to hire you as a model. So I want something that, oh wow, I, I, I got to look more at this girl because of whatever reason. And then you can dive deeper into the, the finding and how to actually get the model to show up, but we won't even go into that today. Okay, yeah, that's a whole different, whole different interview. Uh, hopefully I'll get the Model Mayhem people on at some point. We can, you know, uh, talk to them. Okay, so you got the model, lighting setups, beautiful, big, big light sources, soft, wraparound light, all this. Now you got the image in the computer. What next? Are you retouching the heck out of them and, you know, making them plastic? Or is it, you know, you have a rule that you don't touch anything? Oh, definitely don't have a rule about not touching anything. Um, you know, and, and some people will cringe at the fact that, that there's post-processing involved in a lot of these images. I, I'm sorry, there is. So, you know, for I, I think that there's a, a strange limitation and a balance that you have to that you have to reach. When I started, Gaussian blur was my friend, right? So I blur it all out and make it. And then, you know, the first time I show it to a pro, they go, <laughs> "That's terrible." You can't do that anymore. So, you know, and I... Like, give me your computer. Yeah, like... Throw it on the ground. Why don't you just throw all that stuff out? Because that's just horrible. Don't even use that in your stuff. So, and I think what you do is you have to learn that as a new photographer, though. You've got to make those steps into terribleness to then back it back off and get something else out of it. And I think a lot of people learn that. Just with HDR, with glamour, with portrait work, whatever you're doing, you really just need to see it, see it to terrible, and then back it back down to good. And, and if you make that change, then you know what your camera and your post-processing equipment can do. So you know when you're on that set. Like I always say, you know, every single thing that I see is another tool in my tool belt, right? So if I know that makes it look terrible, that's not a negative thing. That's actually positive. So I know where that limit is and I push myself to that limit. I think my biggest issue is I just don't shoot enough. So I don't have the time with my normal job and everything else that I'm doing to shoot as much as I want to, to really expand my tool belt as much as I need. You're saying, you're saying your priorities are skewed. You keep showing up at your nine to five and not shooting, right? That, that's exactly true. And if I could pay myself to shoot, I'd go do it. So, you know, and I think a lot of that is just because you, you have to balance it. And as a lot of people have found out, it's really hard to make a ton of money or any money in photography. So you, and if you do it, you have to be dedicated to it. You can't try to have a full-time job and also be a photographer. You have to dedicate your marketing aspect and you really have to be a good business person these days. And I think, you know, I run a web design company and photography, so I'm balancing time between a couple things plus a full-time job. So when you're trying to balance all those different aspects of that stuff, it becomes sort of precarious in some reasons. Like, it's just like riding a bike. You know how to do it, but you don't do it very well when you jump back on after not doing it for 10 years, right? You're out of breath, you have problems. So, you know, when I re start shooting another scene, I sort of catch myself going, I remember what a meter's for, but I don't remember all the buttons on it. So what's this plus minus thing? I don't know. Man, was I, ISO what? Uh, so and you catch yourself doing that or you reset your camera or if you're trying to mix a lot of that stuff like I run into, I'll go out and do landscape work and take a couple landscape shots, leave my camera, leave it for a week, come back and shoot some glamour stuff and all of a sudden all the settings are wrong. Right. So you really have to you really got to know your equipment. You got to spend the time with it. You got to like, read the manual. It's like anything else. Yeah, read the manual and keeping that muscle exercise, right? So, once you, so just quickly post processing. So, yeah, you no know, no qualms about moving pixels around or punishing pixels as I like to say. 
Absolutely not. And, you know, and I, I'll jump on your bandwagon because I've listened to the show for long enough. I'm a Lightroom user, I'm a Photoshop user, and I'm a Nikon user. And, you know, and I think there's... You are my hero. You see, you are me. Yeah, I could be shooting Canon, really. I'm just going to say that. No, just kidding. No, I, no, really. You'll see it tomorrow. So, you know, I, I think a lot of those choices, and I get asked all the time, you know, what camera do you use? Do you use Lightroom? Do you use Aperture? All these different questions. And I, I tell people, you know, it's all... Cameras are the biggest problem because when you make the investment, I have, you know, I only have three or four lenses, but each of them costs like a house payment. So, you know, you got to make those choices. I just recently bought a 1424, and the thing literally, I mean, it's gorgeous, and everybody asks you about it. So if you ever want to make a big blast at a show or go somewhere, you just carry that lens around. But, you know, that being said, that was a, almost a two-year savings for me. To, to make that purchase. So now I'm going to use it and I'm going to figure out everything I can do with it. But, you know, as far as Lightroom and workflow and that, I tried to, my, my workflow used to be very complicated. I used to use Nikon NX, all the, you know, sharpening was done in that, and then I moved it to Photoshop, and then I went, what am I doing all this for? Then Lightroom came out, and now with Lightroom, you know, it's just so much easier to tag all your images, to, to crop them, or to do, I do almost all of my stuff now in Lightroom, because some of the filters that I use also, Nick products, stuff like that, I mean, I'm not sponsored by anybody, I don't have anything, but, you know, what I do is I try them out, it's got 15 or 30 day trials, I see what I like, and then usually I'll do the effect and then dial it back, because what I find is that my eye usually tends to really like it when it's overdone, and then when you put it in front of your friends, they go, yeah, what is that? Yeah, that's, turn that thing down. So, and I think a lot of people tend to overdo it. They tend to really push it to try to get that pop when really they need to dial it back. But if I can say anything, the most important thing to do is to take your images and get critiques on them. Get them out in front of other people. I know that like you and I are on Google+, I throw, we, we have a behind the lens photo critique group that we have there. You know, a lot of that stuff, you just throw the image out there and you get a bunch of different ideas of what people are looking for. Because it's gonna vary incredibly. Even, you don't even wanna stay in the same genre. Move it out to everybody. Let the landscape guys look at your glamour work and let the glamour guys look at your landscape work and see what they say. Because it, to get that knowledge in your head, that will help you with your marketing and it'll also help you with a lot of other things, including you know, adding those tools to the tool belt to, to make you a better photographer. Wonderful. Wiser words were never spoken. Okay. Oh, yes, there were. Well, maybe. <laughs> maybe a couple. I don't know. Okay. Um, you got a lot of work online. You know, where, where can people go to see that work, and where would you like people to like Google Plus? How do they get to you there and all that? So you can go to my site, blackdiamondproductions.net. Um, you can also just find me on Google Plus, Brent Berzicki, which nobody will know how to spell. But hopefully... Fred will put in a lower third with my name in it. I'm going to misspell that lower third on purpose. That would be awesome. I'm the only one on there, so so you're good. But, I mean, any time that people want to interact with me, I'm totally open. I have a, I, apparently I've got a lot of followers now, and I have no idea why. I, I love all of you, though. So, you know, but it's interesting that, I, I mean, you send me a message on there, I'm going to message you back. I'm going to talk to you. And especially if you're in photography and you're looking for information, I am... I've totally opened myself to trying to help anybody that's coming in to try to at least maybe make them so that they don't make the mistakes I did because, you know, I spent eight years basically making mistakes to get to a certain point. And there are some interesting stories in there, and, you know, it's those stories I'm happy to tell them. So, yeah. All right, thanks, Brent. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for having me. All right. I'm Frederick Van Johnson. 
Brent. You'll see his information on the blog post for this episode. And if I spell the lower third right that showed up somewhere down there, <laughs> you'll see that. All right. So that was it. That we were we're still here at uh, still here at GlamourCon. We're gonna jump into the workshop that he was talking about um, a few minutes ago tomorrow, and uh, we'll do an interview from there and show you that as well. And before we continue, I'd like to give a nod to our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Squarespace.com. They're the fast and easy way to create a high-quality website or blog. And Squarespace has some amazing features. Um, it has an easy-to-use user interface for creating and managing your website or your blog. It's optimized for, both, for folks that are new to web publishing and uh, folks that have been doing it for a while and know what CSS is. They've got a bunch, hundreds even, of design templates to choose from. And you can take one of those templates and then make it your own. Customize it and, and design it to suit your needs. And then once you've got it designed, they've got both iPhone and iPad apps for updating your blog or website on the go. And if you hit a snag, they've got online resources. They've got a special support team set up to give you personal help 24 hours a day, seven days a week. They've got all kinds of features in there. It's too many to list, but they've got a blog module in there that that supports, uh, you know, importing and exporting for different ex other pr platforms like WordPress, Movable Type, TypePad, etc. This means your data is portable. Once you move into Squarespace, like unlike some other services where you feel like you're locked in and you're sort of married to them, Squarespace makes it e easy to take your data with you, so you can export your data. They call it data portability. And then there's a form builder in there that lets you, say you want to build a page where you want to capture information from your visitors, you can easily build that. So you can collect email address and other things from folks that visit your site. And if you've got a Flickr page, you can integrate that into your website so you can manage your photos using your Flickr gallery and then import them into your Squarespace site and have one place sort of to uh, display and one place to manage. And it goes on and on. They've got Twitter integration, Google Maps integration, goes on and on and on. So you should try it out, definitely. It, there is no impact. It's free to try, in fact. If you'd like a free trial, you can just go over to squarespace.com, sign up for your free account. You don't need a credit card credit card just try it out start building your website then if you decide to purchase that site and keep it going you can just use the offer code twip 11 that's twip 11 and you'll get a whopping 20% off your new account for six months again that's squarespace.com and use the offer code twip 11 Hi, I'm Frederick Van Johnson here with Ariston Colander. He's a photographer. We are actually here at GlamourCon 52 in Long Beach, California. And uh, so I'm going to ask Ariston a couple questions like, what's GlamourCon for one? He's an attendee here. So I'm going to ask him about that. And we're going to get into his photography and his particular style. And while he's talking, of course, I'm going to flash up some images that he shot and uh, that sort of thing, but uh, you know, just get an idea of what a glamour photographer does and how he executes on his vision when he's shooting a model. So, hey, thank you very much. All right. So first off, you're a glamour photographer. What does glamour photographer mean? Glamour photography is um, pretty much uh, very beauty centric, very aspects of uh, modeling, um, very glamorous. Usually, whether it's going to be uh, a matter of you know, little clothing, uh, lingerie type stuff, some um, some general implied type images. So, kind of emphasizing uh, kind of the beauty and the form of the female. 
So, but that just sounds like modeling, though. I mean, that sounds like... So what, what makes glamour, why does glamour photography have a label of glamour photography and not just shooting pretty girls or nude or even porn, right? Yeah, true. Um, I would, it kind of it changes on, the, on a photographer by photographer basis. A lot of it is kind of the lighting aspects, a lot uh, more softer lighting, um, less uh, kind of more of a sensual aspect to it as opposed to modeling, which could involve uh, clothing or it could involve, uh, you know, product modeling and that sort of thing. So from my perspective, it's, uh, it's softer lighting, kind of more wrapping lighting around the model. Um, and again, just emphasizing a lot more on the uh, on the form and less on uh, some sort of product that you're trying to sell. That usually goes along with t with standard modeling photography. So then, an example of like commercial glamour photography might be Playboy or something like that. Exactly, exactly. So you can see there's kind of some sensual aspects to it. Um, uh, kind of trying to trying to elicit some sort of a reaction from the viewer that you'd normally see in a, in a magazine like Playboy. Okay. All right. So, um, jumping back to the beginning, GlamourCon, which is the convention that we're at right now. What is GlamourCon about, and what is what is it for? From your perspective, you're not a show organizer. You're an attendee. Why are you here? Yeah. For me, uh, it's kind of seeing uh, seeing what's out there. There are, there are quite a few uh, Playboy Playmates who are here. So, uh, a lot of times from the um, from the lower end kind of um, advanced amateur perspective of glamour photography, you don't have the opportunity to interact with these, this level of modeling, this level of glamour model. So it gives you the opportunity to kind of introduce yourself see some of the work, talk to them and see what their experiences are, just kind of get exposed to a much higher level of glamour photography than, than the advanced amateur normally gets to see. Okay. So expanding your horizons, you're, you know, seeing a, a, there's a gaggle of models up there that we were looking at. Yeah, so it's really interesting. Okay, so your photography. So you're a glamour photographer, like we said, and you have a very specific way of shooting that might be different from other glamour photographers. You want to describe that? Yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of glamour photographers that I'm familiar with use uh, a lot of light. You know, um, very advanced backgrounds. You know, chairs and beds and things like that. I take a more simplistic approach to that. I just simply use a black backdrop with one single light source. Sometimes maybe two, depending on how I'm feeling at the time and the model I'm working with. But usually very simple, very large light source. So again, that very soft, very wrap lighting. Uh, what I see is, is glamorous and very, very sensual. The idea is to, again, elicit that response, but it becomes less of a sexual response and more of a she's absolutely gorgeous type of response. So very simple, very simple black backdrop, very simple one single light. So that's, that's, very, style. that's very cool. I mean, and it just goes to what I preach all the time. You don't need a million gazillion dollars worth of gear in order to get images like the ones that you shoot, right? Exactly, exactly. The idea is how can I, how can I do this on a budget? You know, how can I do this with a very, very simple setup that isn't very complex? You still have to understand lighting, but you're not so worried about uh, the key light, the hair light, you know, the main light, lighting ratios. It's, I just want one light source, black backdrop, very excellent results. Okay, so let's let's sort of take it a level to the left. You like we were talking about the, the technical aspects of the shooting and the, the size of the softbox, one light, all this stuff. But what about the model? You know, we you know you and I both are familiar with Model Mayhem, and I've mentioned it on the show before. I've interviewed people from Model Mayhem or from that use Model Mayhem. Um, how do you get your models, and what's that arrangement? How does all that work? Yeah, I, uh, for me, uh, photography isn't my main source of income, which is which is why I consider myself that advanced amateur. Uh, so for me, I do a lot of trade shoots. I work with a lot of brand new models, models who are just kind of uh, getting their way into the industry. Um, the idea is to build that rapport, you know, show that 
you know, I'm sure we've all heard the term GWC, guy with camera. You know, I am, I do have professional level images. Wait a minute, wait a minute. What's a guy with camera? What does that mean? Yeah, GWC is basically someone who just goes out, spends a couple hundred bucks on a camera and is willing to pay models just just to see them. Just to, They're not interested really in the quality of the images. They're just there to... to Take pictures of these. Are, these are the creepy guys that use the camera as a ticket to see naked women. Exactly, exactly. So, so it's it's my job to kind of get to the models first and say, look, we're not all GWCs. You know, there are those of us in the industry who can be trusted because we are interested in the results. So, from my perspective, it's it's very important to develop that rapport with the model to understand how they feel not just they're they're not just they're they're objects to be posed we both understand that but there's some emotional aspects to it because you want that emotion to come through the images and if you're if you're if you're cold and you're harsh then you don't get that kind of quality so for me it's uh, in terms of working with the models it's um you know sourcing them again through model mayhem which again seems to be kind of the the primary site these days but um, the, the next step once you have the models is developing that rapport, developing that relationship, working together and collaborating on getting these images. Okay, then once you have the image, then what? Do they, you give them, you retouch it and give them a shot, give them a digital image, or what's, what's their payoff? Yeah, I typically shoot uh, probably about two hours, and I usually get between two and 300 images. Uh, from there, we go through, go through and we select uh, like our top 10. You know, these are the 10 images we really like. Um, you do this together with the model? Yeah, that's what, what I do. It's like the day of, right after the shoot, while they're getting dressed, I'm offloading the images to my computer. And then we sit and we go through all the images. We do three or four passes. We say, okay, pick the top ten that you really like. And we, we really get that down to a core set that we really like. And then at that point, I say, okay, I'm going to edit these. More often than not, I get motivated enough that I will edit almost all of them that night. And so another thing that differentiates me is the fact that you're not going to wait six months to get your images or two months to images. Sometimes you'll get all of those photos on my website or on Model Mayhem or on Facebook if they allow me that, that night. And so the idea is to, is, to, is to call that group down to the core set, do the edits, get them back to the models as quickly as possible to kind of establish myself as, as different from a lot of other photographers. Okay, so then let's close it off with, you know, of course we know why you're doing this. You know, it's a passion. We're all photographers and you just do this stuff because you love it. What's next though? You know, you said this is not your primary source of income. Is your, your ultimate goal to make this your primary source of income? That would be kind of nice, but I, I want to make sure that I don't become a slave to it. You know, as we say, going from the hobby to the career aspects, you become a slave to the dollar and a slave to the client. I shoot what I want to shoot because I love to shoot it, and I want to make sure that it stays a passion. And so, you know, I don't necessarily see it becoming a full-time gig. Where I want to become, I would love to be published, love to have, you know, make a name for myself, um, but not necessarily make that my primary form of income. That way I can keep that passion, you know, as we said, you know, being uh, the advanced amateur, I'm fine with that. I'm, I'm perfectly okay with that. You have full flexibility as an amateur, whereas when you're a pro, you're on the clock, right? Exactly, exactly. When, when you have to, in essence, become a slave to the client, you know, the client wants a certain look. It's like, I shoot my look. And it's like, if you want my look, that's great. I'll shoot that all day long. If you want your look, find someone who can create your look. I, I shoot for me. I shoot because I love to do it. Awesome. Okay, so where can people go to see some of this stuff? I mean, we've shown a little bit of it while you're talking, mm -hmm. but... Where can people go to find out more and follow you? And because you're producing new work all the time, right? So, where? Yep, yep. Um, I can be found on my website, which is fineartbyariston.com, and uh, I'm all over Google Plus. Also, um, you can find me on uh, Model Mayhem, modelmayhem.com forward slash Ariston Photog, and uh, Facebook. Just do a search for Ariston Kleiner Photography. Awesome. Thanks, Ariston. Great. Thank you.
All right, that was Ariston. Uh, we're gonna hopefully, if I can swing it, do an interview with a model from GlamourCon here and uh, get the insider view on how modeling works. So if that is successful, you will see another interview in the series <laughs> coming up pretty soon. All right, thank you. I'm Frederick Van Johnson with This Week in Photo. I am Frederick Van Johnson, and we're still here at GlamourCon, and I snagged one of the models here at GlamourCon, Tor Alexander. Um, she is here for a workshop, one of the Mark Dom workshops that he's putting on that I'll be attending. She agreed to hang out with me for a couple minutes and talk about modeling and some of the things that you as a photographer can do to ensure that you're successful when you're shooting models and how to get models and all that sort of cool stuff. So Tor, welcome. Thank you very much. Okay. It's a pleasure to have you. Okay, so let's start off with, let's start off with you. How'd you get into modeling and how long have you been doing this stuff? I started five years ago. I started in the British press with Page Three. Um, quite a strange story how they actually approached me. I was uh, one summer, I was at university and I had a summer job. So I, when you send in your job application, you had to send in a little picture of yourself, just like a little passport photo. And then the events company that I sent that into, they got approached by a British magazine because um, they had a model competition. So just out of nowhere, I got a phone call from the magazine and said, would you like to be one of our finalists? So I was like, yeah, I'd love to be. Went up to London, did the whole competition and ended up winning. So I got a year's modeling competition, um, sorry, year, year's contract and signed with my agency and started page three. So it all went from there. That's really cool. Yeah. So let, let's talk about photographers, right? So you've worked with a lot of photographers up till now so far. So you've maybe seen the, the range of skill from here down to here. Uh, so how do photographers approach you like how what what's the like like a lot of the this weekend photography audience may be like okay i would love to shoot a model like that but i don't know how to find her and i don't know what to pay her and do i just trade time for you know what do i do what's what advice would you give them i'd say best thing to do is approach us through model mayhem is a fantastic platform because you know that if someone's on model mayhem they've already been approved by the site the moderators have seen them and they've got to have a portfolio of some kind you know even if it's not you know what you'd imagine the best quality photos at least you've got something out there you know as a starting off point for us to view and then as a model the best thing you can do is just contact me on there or go through my website you know a lot of girls have their own websites and you if someone's taken the time to email you then you know that's a good start and I will follow up you know however whatever the um, inquiry is I will follow it up what you really need to do is um, give a really coherent intended usage of what you want because what tends to put girls off is when they get things which you know offers which aren't really grammatically correct or they don't really say what you want to do or a bit of a funny attitude that's very off-putting but if you are very upfront about it because remember at the end of the day it is, is a contract it's a business deal that you're looking at so you need to say what the hours are intended usage if a makeup artist is included that's a really important thing you know if you the best thing I could say to new photographers is don't shoot loads, shoot a little amount and then put more money into those shoots. Mm -hmm. If you are gonna, you know, take the time out to make a portfolio and shoot, I think it's best to, you know, get a good model, someone that you admire, someone that you want to shoot with and get a makeup artist and a decent location because then it's gonna, it's better to have fewer pictures in your book that are quality than just loads and loads of pictures which are not so great. Yeah. Yeah. Now I've heard, I've heard all sorts of stories 
about you know the adventures of the model on Model Mayhem and the adventures of the photographer on Model Mayhem. Um, and one of the one of the the themes that I keep hearing, especially from models, is that there's a lot of um, photographers with ulterior motives. Strange people that that we call them GWCs, right? Guys with camera that they hey, pretty girl, and I just want to see you naked. I'm gonna say that I'm a photographer, and then you find out that they're not. Does that happen a lot? And how often has that happened to you in the last several years? It does happen quite often. And the other one is when they pose to be male models, and they're like, let's do a couple shoot. And you're like, no, I don't really want anything to do with this. Thank you. Um, I tend to answer those inquiries with a set form back. So I say, well. What are your intentions? Where is this going? And how long is the duration? And then I give my rates and per hour, per level that they want to shoot at. And then you tend to be able to weed out the flakes through that. Because then when you come back to someone and say that, then they realize you're not going to be just some girl who's like, yay, yay, let's go and go and take off my clothes in a hotel room and you can just give me the money for it. So, yeah, as long as you approach things professionally and you have a bit of respect for the girl you're trying to hire, you know, you will get somewhere. Well, how can, how can photographers, because there's a lot of flake models on Model Mayhem too, right? How can photographers avoid that? How can you ensure that the model's going to show up when you, you know, at the appointment? I think it's the same with any self-employed industry. It's word of mouth and reputation goes a long way. Like, I'm very careful with my reputation. You know, if I'm ill or anything, if I've got shoot books, I'll get there. You know, I will drag myself there. I will put makeup on to cover any looking illness. I, I will get there, you know? And... Exactly, and I, I think um, a lot of people will make that effort. If you are getting vibes from a model that you think, you know, she's going to flake on me, chances are she probably will. And I think you can weed them out, but just once you start networking, getting contacts in the industry, you can, you can kind of figure out who's going to flake and who's okay. All right, so last question here. Um, if people want to hire you or find out more about what you're doing and you're, see your work and all that stuff, where should they go? Okay, I've got my own website, it's www.touralexander.com and I've got a contact form on there if you want to contact me at all and I've also got portfolios on there. Thanks Tor, I appreciate it. So much, it's lovely to meet you. Likewise. Alright, I'm Frederick Van Johnson, Tor Alexander, check out her website and uh, that's it. So as you can see, this is a very exciting niche and there are some passionate photographers creating amazing work. Be sure to check them out online. As always, their links will be in the show notes, but here they are just in case. First up, there was Mark Don. He's at markdon.com and that's spelled M-A-R-K-D-A-U-G-H-N.com. There's Brent Brzezicki. You can find him at blackdiamondproductions.net. There was Ariston Collender, and he's at fineartbyariston.com. And finally, there was Tor Alexander, our model, and you can find her at toralexander.com. That's spelled T-O-R-A-L-E-X-A-N-D-E-R.com, toralexander.com. And as always, to keep up with the show, you can just click over to our home on the web at thisweekinphoto.com. There you'll find links to our Facebook page, our Twitter stream, Flickr account, and more. Oh, and one other thing. You can now interact with the show via Google+. We launched our new page a few days ago and would love it if you could add us to your circles. You can get to it at fvj.me slash twipplus. Lastly, if you'd like to reach me, Frederick Van Johnson, you can find me at my blog over at frederickvan.com. And with that, it's time to take that lens cap off.
This Week in Photo is a Pixelcore.tv production. Produced by Suzanne Llewellyn. With technical producers John Riley and Alutha Jamakar.